Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Ding with the Wishwell Podcast. I am excited to share part two of my interview with Dr. Siri Chankasa. I hope you enjoyed the first part and I hope that you are having a wonderful Thanksgiving break and please stay safe and take care and tune in next week for the rest of the episodes of the year. And again, I am so grateful for you all for listening to these episodes and giving me all the feedback. Again, for next season, if there are specific episodes or topics that you would like for me to talk about or for me to bring guests on to talk about, I'm more than happy to find some experts on those issues related to women's health and wellness. And I am also more than happy to continue bringing on inspiring women to share their personal journeys with you all. So again, leave me a comment on wishwell.health or on my Instagram, my personal Instagram, Michelle Dang MD. And you can always find me through social media. So I hope that you do reach out. Leave me a comment, rating, review on Apple iTunes. Otherwise, Again, stay safe and healthy and take care. Yeah, I mean, there's so much transformation that happens in the fellowship and, and that's very intentionally planned. That's very, there's an intention for not just new knowledge, but inner transformation to happen during that two year process. And um, I just really respect the leadership and their focus on that. So, so I finished just to finish up here really quickly. I, there's a few more steps here. (laughs) Ultimately I moved up to, um, Phoenix from, from Tucson and had a very difficult divorce. And um, I had been married to an emergency room doctor. And when that happened, I, you know, and I'm sure there's some women in medicine who can relate. I had, I had not really a clear sense of who I was in a relationship with this man, because we had, we had basically been working hundred hour weeks for seven or eight years together. And when we really actually had time to hang out, we realized that we didn't actually have that much in common, even though perhaps on some level, we were still really fond of each other. So it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty raw experience. And when that happened, I, I had not read Eat, Pray, Love, but I took off to India for a while. <laughs> and so um, everyone says, oh my gosh, did you read Eat, Pray, Love? And I'm like, what? What was that? <laughs> so I ended up in India for, um, so, oh gosh, four or five months, I think. And oh, wow. 
and I studied Ayurveda, which is a deep science, a whole body system science. And it's a little bit like traditional Chinese medicine in that it has an elemental theory mm-hmm. and it looks at disease origins in a really different way than we do in the classic medical training. And I, I came back and I really couldn't easily integrate into regular practices. So I started doing hospice and palliative medicine at that point, because I could really do those visits on my own terms. I did home visits. I could spend an hour with the patient or I could spend two hours with them. It, it wasn't altogether about revenue generation. It was really just about the experience in myself as a healer, as a doctor and and people at the most sort of sacred transition time in their life. Mm -hmm. And I did that for four or five years. And then I realized, you know, I think I want to kind of go back to seeing patients who are a little bit younger and there's, there's more we're planning for more we're looking at. But before I did that, I actually took three years off and studied Ayurveda in much more depth with several teachers, but mainly Dr. Vasant Ladd, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and in India with him. And um, I really did an immersion, and um, I just grew to love Ayurveda so much and what it can offer. And as I like to say, Ayurveda is sort of the ultimate lens of of lifestyle medicine. There's certainly more we can do, but as, as classic allopathic providers, there's a lot we can glean from Ayurveda from, in terms of epigenetic activity. It is just so masterful in its approach to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I came back after that training and spent several years working for a primary care company and looking at with them what was the potentiality for bringing an integrative model into their practice. And ultimately, <clears throat> they decided to take their focus in another direction. And since then... I have sort of been taking some time to refocus. My dad passed away, sort of traumatic experience for me. He was in the ICU and had aortic endocarditis and congestive heart failure. And it was a very complex journey at his time in the hospital. So I took a little time out to focus on my mom and help her. And then I started in a new pathway of sort of consultant, education, coach. And that's been a blast. And that's kind of where that gets us up to today. Oh, wow. What a journey. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back a little bit. So um, you mentioned, you know, you're moving to Phoenix and going through a divorce. I think many people can kind of relate to um, that aspect. And um, you said you took off to India for about four to five months where you studied, where you studied Ayurveda. So how, what was that decision? Like, did, how did you decide to just take off five months to go to mm-hmm. India? Well, the funny thing is, <clears throat> and I always like to say this, you know, as doctors, we believe that certain things are non-negotiable, meaning if you don't have malpractice or if you're not seeing patients, you won't be able to get a job again. You won't be able to get malpractice again. And I think I just have a faith in a deeper, you you could say spiritual, but I don't want to sort of put that on anybody. But for me, that's how it works. Just sort of a deeper faith that my path and my life will unfold as it's meant to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people might have had some hesitation of taking that long out from seeing patients and just being off the grid. But for me, again, it was sort of like, hmm, nope, no fear, just bought the ticket got on the plane and was backpacking through India by myself. And, um, 
you know, that's not for everybody. I totally get that. (laughs) It's a whole thing in and of itself to be sort of a female independent traveler. But um, I landed in some places and I met some really amazing people. And I felt like for me to really immerse myself in a place that had the origins of this medicine so I could see it as authentically as possible, I considered actually staying in India for the next um, five years to do the formal Ayurvedic study in India, which is a five-year program. Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't make sense. Ultimately, there was some issues that really I needed to come back. So be with my family, my parents as they were aging, Mm -hmm. and ultimately with my dad. So it didn't didn't make sense to stay. But boy, that was a little part of me that's like, oh, maybe we should stay. (laughs) This would be great. That sounds like such an experience, though. I mean, oh, wow. many people don't, wouldn't be able to have that opportunity exactly. where we are in our lives. Oh, so true. And I was single and I didn't ever have kids. I, you know, I had a period in time where I wanted to be a mom and, and looked into that direction and it just didn't, it wasn't a natural birth or a natural child. I mean, I may still adopt, you never know, but having a child wasn't really something that came through for me. And I, I don't actually have any regret or concern about that. Sometimes I think as women, it is hard to juggle the needs of being a mom and a career and all these different focuses. And some women, I think they, they have a concern. Well, I'm not sure I want to have children. I have this career I've is like my own creative outlet and I've put a lot of energy and I don't know if I have the desire or bandwidth to have a child. And then there's an inner insecurity or fear of, will I regret that decision? And I guess I can say it, I'm 48 and I just, uh, I don't regret not having children at all. And so maybe that helps somebody out there listening that they're just sort of on the fence about it, wondering I think, if they have regret. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's a very personal choice. And so I think sometimes we get into this mindset of maybe it's other people judging our decisions when ultimately you're the one who knows what's best for you. And there may be a little bit of uncertainty about maybe in the future, you may think differently, but you can only know what is going on at the present moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah, so I had a lot of freedom. I didn't have kids. I didn't have um, a lot of other structure. I didn't own my own practice. I, right in between that time, I'd been doing some locums work and, um, you know, it really worked out well for me because that set the tone for a lot of deep inner transformation that if I had been juggling my learning with a, a traditional practice and all the depth of responsibility that goes with that, it would have, I think it would have been a lot harder. So in a way it was a, a huge luxury that, or a gift that I gave myself to sort of have that experience. Yeah. And so you mentioned now you've transitioned to more of a consultant type of, or consultant coach type of role. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, one, so there's two aspects. Um, one aspect is I am helping some physicians who want to create integrative medicine models, or they're curious about further study in it. So not per se giving protocols, because there's plenty of places to get that, but more a, a sort of inquiry process with people. Who are your clients? Or if it's for a physician, what is it you're hoping to learn about? 
because uh, I've studied and dabbled in pretty much all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> whether it's acupuncture, homeopathy, body work, yoga, Ayurveda, nutrition. And so sometimes it's kind of interesting for physicians who, who are wanting to embark on that journey just to have a better sense of what does it look like? Where, where could I study? What are the resources? So I've been doing a bit of that. And <clears throat> I've also been developing some online content in the field of plant-based medicine using Ayurvedic principles to allow for more intuition around food to emerge for people. So it's not such a simple, here's your diet plan or here's your meal plan. We talk about sustainable eating, sustainable uh, food production, what, how you plan your meals, mindfulness in the meals, um, gut health, intermittent fasting. Um, it's sort of just this um, cohesive picture of all these facts. And, and this is really the culmination of the years of giving this lecture in the fellowship and just seeing how everyone felt like their knowledge around nutrition was so dispersed. It was hard to put it into buckets. And so, um, so I'm really excited about that. And that's sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, in the works. Awesome. Sounds super exciting. And, and you and I will have to chat a little bit later because yeah. I'd love to pick your brain about that. Um, and so just we're running out of time, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to share any advice you can offer to people who may be stuck in a little bit of fear, a little bit of uncertainty and where they're going in their lives and their careers. Sure. So one of the things that um I would say this is, if I was to sort of say, what's been the thing that's held me back the most in my own journey is asking for help. Mm -hmm. And um, oddly enough, I'm just not that good at asking for help. And so- Any of us can relate. <laughs> I know. You know, I think there's a psyche in physicians that's so self-initiated, meaning, you know, if you're in college and all your friends are partying and you're like, I've got to I've got to do this thing for organic chemistry. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to double down and they can go do their thing this weekend and whitewater raft and hang out. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be here making charts. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. I think there's something that just starts in even maybe prior to that in high school. And when we're younger, this kind of mindset of I am independent, I'm self-initiated and particularly for women in medicine, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I think for me, the biggest thing is that when I would get stuck, and I've gotten pretty decently stuck, we didn't spend much time on talking about the dark days or the heavier existential times. <laughs> Those are probably for fodder for a longer conversation. But um, I was always, and I am still even, slow to get help. And so reach out. And coaching is one of those things that I think is vastly underrated. I'd done a lot of psychoanalysis in my 20s. So sorting through some family of origin issues. And I still had a lot of self-defeating things I was working on, believe it or not, mm -hmm. well into my 30s and 40s. And when I finally found coaching was when th things got better. I began to see limiting beliefs and mindset and <clears throat> boy, it made a big difference. So I would definitely encourage um, anyone who's listening, who's feeling stuck is reach out to a spiritual advisor, get some, get a qualified therapist. If you feel that's the direction you want to go, don't lose connection with people. And, and certainly if you're dealing with significant depression or um, feeling isolated because you, you can't get out of that feeling of 
that existential box of, is it ever going to be better than this? Because the allopathic practice model can really leave you feeling that way. Get help. I'm telling you, it's not the kind of thing that will, again, it's like going to India. Will, will it make it so you can't, you know, practice medicine? Not in the least. And I really do see people, I think most people wait too long to get the help they need. And then things are just, it's more work. It's more complex. And, and there's bigger issues to sort through by that point. And so I think that's, that's probably the best advice I could give because, you know, we're really good at resourcing for self, you know, self-initiated things. And we can look up a new protocol and apply it for ourselves if it's a nutraceutical or a botanical, or we can organize some body treatments, or we can set up a fitness program. But if there, there are things that feel heavy in your spirit, in your mind, in your emotions, definitely get help. Yes. And definitely great advice to offer. And um, I am so grateful to have you on this podcast today. It's been such a pleasure, Sari Chand. And uh, lastly, if people are interested in reaching out to you or finding more information about you, how can they do so? So it's pretty easy to find me on social media. My handle is Luminous Foods. So you can find me on any of the social media, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm available. Awesome. Possibly. And those pictures are amazing, by the way. You post some beautiful pictures of food. Um, makes me want to reach out and, and, and eat <laughs> fresh food or pick some food out of the garden. I know. I love, it's always been a creative outlet to, to go do um, the artistic side, for sure. Yeah. So thank you again so much for taking right. your time out today. Oh, great. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.